decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hello, Paul. Lawrence, what's good? Watch anything interesting tonight? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I was very happy that they didn't screw it up somehow. Um, yeah. They came out flat, and it was frustrating for a bit, but... Yeah, I mean, they, they have a way this year of kind of muddling along and then they go on these insane runs out of nowhere. I mean, more recently they've been in the second half, but this one was just kind of, you know, right towards the end of the first. And I mean, that was pretty much that, right? Yeah, but we were talking about this in the pre-show. It's so frustrating to watch a 28 lead go to 18. Like it just kills the the Kempo. Like it matters. The net matters. It like literally matters. I'm not frustrating to watch I understand there's like a Ken Palm army out there that's, you know, wants it's not to, just that it's not, it literally matters. The it, nets matters. It definitely matters. Kinda. I, I mean, there be like, like we talked about before, like, yes, beginning of the season against the, the nobodies, you know, they did a lot of this, but when the games have counted, it feels like there's been maybe three or four where we've been up enough where they can really empty the bench. So, like, yeah, maybe it affects a spot or two, but I think a lot of other teams are doing it too, so it probably evens off a bit. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit frustrating when, like, 28 goes to 18 in, like, two minutes at the end of a game. Like, that that yeah. sucks a little. And but like, I do th- I do still think it was a Ken Palm win, right? Ken Palm was, no, like... No, that even. It was 18. Oh, it was 18? Was I thought it was 15 and a half or something. Or 16. Uh, I have it up. I'm probably going to need to refresh. You're more likely right than I am. 18. Exactly 18. Um, so I don't know. Hey, K dot in the chat, posting a bunch of turtles, Nick Roros, any truth that Pep Hamilton is in serious consideration of joining staff. I assume it's a joke or is that really true? I don't know. That's not one that I've heard, <laughs> I could be just be, but I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> at this point, Locks is doing the kind of, you know, super friends, 
you know, reunion show, right? Like with Kevin Sumlin coming in, who's going to be co-offensive coordinator and tight ends coach, I believe. And then Charlie Strong is being, you know, thrown out there as a. So Jeff's coming later. So basketball people don't freak out that we're talking football for a minute. But all the gnashing of the teeth on the about Strong and Sumlin, I I do think there's a couple of reasons for concern because you can have these guys. There's a couple of ways it could go bad. They could come in. Remember what happened with Mike London? He was an ex-head coach who came in and was just using Maryland as like a placeholder until he could get to where he really wanted to go. He didn't put in effort. Well, that's, to be to possible. be to be fair, working for DJ Durkin was working for a psychopath. So like that might have been a but factor still too, it but, happened. But yeah, he did not do what you would want of a coach coming in. He didn't have fair. the fire. He wasn't like busting on the recruiting trail and all that kind of stuff. Right. All fair. Um, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that can happen is, and this is the one I'm really worried about. They're buddies. So I think they're going to come in and they're going to work, but the too many cooks in the kitchen thing, because, and it's not just sports or football and work environments and anything. When you have too many leaders in the group, it can, it can cause situations, even if you come in with good, good intentions. That first time when there's a disagreement, how, do, how does it get flushed out? Does everyone defer to locks and it's cool? Or especially in an offensive situation, Kevin Sumlin's like, hey, man, I see the, the guys. We got to do this. We got to do this. And Locke's like, no, it's not part of my game plan. What happens then? Like, that's a situation when you got a lot of strong personalities. People have been at the highest. These guys have been at the highest of their of their uh, of their of their job category, right? They've been at the peak. How does that flush out? All that being said, I think it could be awesome if they can get along and and they come in and they work hard. Having the big name star, they could recruit. The kick, recruiting could be awesome. They're obviously good coaches. It could be great. Just have to see how that stuff. Yeah, I think there's a fair. Um... Yeah, that, that all everything you said there is fair uh, to be slightly concerned about, or at least keep in the back of your head. I, I think for the most part, I mean, obviously the strong thing is what's kind of been rumored recently. Um, he was an assistant in Miami this year, so you know he's already he's already kind of knocked back down that peg from from being a former head coach. So I, I'd be less concerned about that. With Sumlin, he's coming off a year off. He's still being paid by all the teams that fired him, I imagine. So he's coming out of discount. And he also has been working behind the scenes as, with Locks as an analyst in the past year plus, I believe. So I would like to think that they have the type of relationship and and the fact that he's already done some work with Loxley here. Yeah. I wouldn't be super concerned about that. Um that's the hope th- that they're buddies. Yeah, they're, you know. Again, I I think Locks can be a tough guy to work for. I mean, I I don't think there's any you know, you know that that's been made pretty clear uh, behind the scenes, and and that's fine. A lot of guys are, but you know the fact that Sumlin's literally been here helping out in an analyst role, and then decides to come in and take an actual job makes me think that he's cool with the way Locks runs the ship, and that he will yeah. not screw things up, right? Um, I am one of the few people who's maybe a little not super excited about Dan Enos uh, leaving. I think he was a better coordinator than he gets credit for. I mean, literally everybody in the, in, in the world hates their offensive coordinator 
because you can you can pick out these little spots and things that you don't like about what they do. But I think for the most part, he ran a pretty good ship here and he had a really good relationship with Leah. Um, and it does make me wonder with bringing in Sublin, Sumlin, is he really going to be the guy calling the plays? Because he comes from a different you know, air raid style offense that he kind of came up with and worked with under Leach and others. Uh, you know, Loxley didn't really run that. It's more like a power spread. So I'll be curious how in the end the play calling situation works itself out, you know, whether you've got Loxley calling plays and you've got some of these other guys who've been former head coaches helping with that role, that kind of game day management role, um, or whether they bring in maybe a younger play caller type to work with Sumlin and they kind of do it together. I, I don't know. Um, it's certainly interesting. And it, and it, in a way it feels good that Maryland at this point has the juice to bring in guys like that. Like, yes, you yeah. have two guys who are most likely not getting head coaching jobs in the near future. So like being able to do kind of like a junior version of what Nick Saban does with, you know, kind of head coaches or, coaches who need like a restart or kind of like a refresh um, being able to do that with some guys, you know, and having the clout to pull that off, like that's not nothing. So you certainly hope that they're the best type of hires for the program that, that, you know, kind of give you the best chance to succeed, but also building that clout and saying like, look, you know, you can come here, you can turn your career around, get back, to, you know, get back where you want. And we're okay with this being a stepping stone. Like that's, the Saban thing. Yeah, I mean, that it's like Saban right? light, right? It's yeah. different in Alabama, obviously. But, you know, it's not nothing to be able to kind of pull that thing off here. And, you know, the fact that Loxley's been so involved in, you know, getting minority coaches, uh, you know, head coaching, assistant coaching jobs, like that all kind of plays into his persona. And the things I mean, all really that's into. good. I want the, the whole diversity thing and all that kind of stuff. But really, I want Maryland to win. Sure. So I want them to be good coaches. If they're black or they're white, I don't care. Obviously, but, but I'm, I'm saying yeah. it, it, it doesn't hurt it, it is, is all I'm, I'm getting at. Yes. Here comes Jeff, by the way. And sorry, we went on the football tangent. We got some questions in the chat room for people who jumped in late. Jeff's coming. We're jumping back to basketball now. There's no chance Jeff's going to have this set up, right? Yeah, no. We spend five minutes every pre-show getting set up, so this is going to be good. <laughs> He's going to be like, yeah. you know, have like a holy T-shirt on. There was and... another rumor. Oh, we lost him. Uh, already, a, nice. There was another rumor that Evan Gaddis was on campus this week. Josh Gaddis. So, oh, sorry. Josh Gaddis. Oh, they wrote Evan Gaddis. Even Gaddis. Oh, even Gaddis. Come sorry. on, Larry. I misread. I misread. I'm all distracted yeah, by Jeff's tech had, issues. He had too much caffeine or something. <laughs> Jeff, too much of that clutch vodka. Yeah. Oh, here it comes again. You want me to get it? The clutch vodka? No, I feel bad. I don't have any. I have still have it. We just I know. haven't had a chance to, you know, haven't had a chance. If you drove to Charlotte for the bowl game, we could have worked it out. But that's all right. Yeah. All right. Let's see if this is going to work for Jeff this time. Uh-oh. Ooh. Uh-oh. Ooh. What is that? Dude, Actually. that is some wild <laughs> shit. Wow. It's like an acid flashback. I don't know <laughs> what that is. Uh-oh. Ooh. What are we even doing here? Like that, Max Headroom. That's like that stop motion stuff. <laughs> 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 oh. Just turn off 
What the hell is going on there? Uh, I don't know what's going on. Unplug your camera and plug it back in, maybe. (laughs) I'm on a laptop. There is no unplugging. Uh Oh, Oh, that's not good news. All right, just turn your video off. Your your sound is fine. That is insane. Hold on one second. (laughs) They're (laughs) they're laughing at you in in the chat. Oh, okay. That was the old turn it off and turn it on again. I just hit stop video and start video. See, That's I'm good. good. Stuff. You guys need to get on my level. My technology. You gotta, you gotta pull it oh, out. Oh, it the- just came. Oh, we're seeing little twitches. You gotta pull the cartridge out low on it. Yeah. So like a we special effect from a horror movie or like a thriller. We, uh, someone in the chat said you look like Michael J. Fox, which is I just realized a really taste tasteless joke. Um, I just like. I, just I did like not the, get uh, it at first, but I shouldn't have repeated that. I like the lighting fixture we got going on back there, Jeff. What 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 is this all about? I don't know, man. I still haven't set up. Is that a light? That's just an artwork, and the light is yeah, reflecting. That's my, oh, okay. My wife actually made that. She's crafty, and she makes these things sometimes. And so uh, I still don't have my studio deal set up. <laughs> my office is still a disaster zone, so I'm in like the little. Di- one little dining room area. Okay, Jeff, there I go again. Jeff needs the off season. Oh, like turn, turn it, turn it off and back on again. <laughs> see if that works for you. Just we, turn it off. Nobody wants to see your face anyway. We started a basketball post game show. Got a question about football in the chat and spent ten minutes talking about football. But Jeff's here now, so let's get back to the game. To what happened? I can pull. Let me share my screen. I'm going to pull up the stats for you guys here. Um, let's go here. Can you guys see the stats page? Yeah. Okay. So a couple things jump out. That's the, the Donald Carey stat line with 10 points on the second half. Is this a flash in the pan? He's had a couple more of those, or is this finally the time that he breaks out and maybe starts to become a, a decent contributor down the stretch? It'd be great if it was. I mean, the odds definitely say it's a flash in the pan, right? He's had a few of these, probably two or three so far this season, and every time it's been a one-off scenario where he went back to struggling the next game. But you never know. He's shown in the past and that he can do it, and it is the end of the senior, end of your senior year, or for him, you know, your super senior year when guys start to really get desperate. And, and so maybe, you know, if he could turn it around, what a, that would be an enormous boost for them considering their three huge. If he could hit some shots, wow, would that be just monstrous? It does feel like the times where Maryland struggled offensively, it's been when defensive just disrespected their ability to hit a three. And if Kerry could just knock one down or two down in the first half, it feels like it just changes the whole way a, a defense looks at us as a team. You know, not only him, but some of the other guys who who shoot a lot of them, whether they should or not. Um, but yeah, I, w- I I would not count on on Carey turning into his last year self all of a sudden at the end of February. But sure, it would help. I mean, yeah. even even halfway between what he has been and you know, what was projected would be an improvement, right? You get something out of that spot because it feels like, at least offensively, it feels like four on five. And then Martinez comes in and he's a spark and he's slashing and playing D and getting steals and all that kind of stuff. And it feels like that's such an improvement. So 
don't know. Well, it, it, it does. It, I will say it does feel like as, as, as much better as Martinez has been this year um, compared to his last year self, it does feel like he's better off the bench um, to me at least. So like Kerry being able to come out and like contribute a little bit just so he can stay that fifth starter and bring in Martinez off the bench as an energy guy does feel like the optimal situation right now as you're kind of fine tuning to get into tournament time. But, um, you know, at this point, I, I do kind of feel like you, you kind of are what you are. You know, I'm not expecting a whole lot of whole well, lot of changes here. He, Martinez has steadily gotten better throughout the season. He is a really, really good player for the team now. Yeah, he's gotten much better at creating. Like, he's getting better at pump faking, driving, and then drawing the defense and dishing. That wasn't really part of his game before. He was more of just a shooting guard. He wasn't really a good shooter from outside, even though he did shoot. I think he shot like 35% from three as a freshman in Utah. I'm not sure where that went. Uh, but he has gotten a lot better, you know, the notwithstanding the one for seven game at North, uh, excuse me, Nebraska. And, you know, I guess at least maybe you have that to, you know, maybe carry shot better tonight. You get a little kick in the ass when somebody's starting to take your minutes. I mean, Martinez played 36 minutes at Nebraska and Kerry played eight minutes. He didn't play at all, basically in the final two thirds of the game. So he's gotten better a million remains solid off the bench. You know, he had a couple good blocks in this game. Um, so it's not free. Yeah. It's not a deep bench by any stretch, but there's a few guys who, who help in various ways. Yeah. Yeah. Emilian's thing- definitely, uh, he's going to get uh, inducted into the boom Osby like guy. We had no expectations for whatsoever. Her turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hall of fame. So like I I love him and he's like gonna be like one of my favorite Terps forever just for showing up and just being better than just a dude. Well, another one who started off the year where when he stepped on the court, you don't know what you're getting. And now it seems like he contributes every game now. Yeah, he's he a really solid, does. Solid part of the rotation now. Here's another really crazy part of the stat line I just saw: Hart, four rebounds, six assists. Four, four steals. steals and 20 points he's on the, six of H. Jeez. He's, he's so incredibly efficient. Like he's not a high usage guy most of the time, but like everything he does seems to be positive. Like he'll have like a stinker once every, you know, six or seven games, like everybody else does. Cause it's college and mm-hmm. that's what happens. But like, man, he is so important to this team and God, when we're, we're sitting here reminiscing about, you know, or, or, having, you know, dreams about who might be able to take that COVID year and come back next year to help out, man, he's, he might be number one for me. Um, other than, other than, than young, obviously, but like, you know, Dante, you know, he's, he's still kind of criminally underrated for the things that he does, I think, because his stinkers are so stinky, but, but heart is just so good. And he just feels like the connective tissue for this bunch. Yeah, I, I agree. Look at Reese, 21 and 12. We were saying in the pregame, he should be coming back. There's no threats of him leaving this year, Jeff. Is that correct? I mean, you never know in the portal portal era. Uh, but, yeah. no, I would, I would definitely think, you know, I'd be very surprised if he's not back. He could be like uh, Tracy Jackson Davis yeah. type dominant interior player next year. 
I mean, the numbers he's put, and, and I said it at the time, this is not revisionist history. When he had that stretch where he was kind of going a little out of control, flagrant fouls, and people were just absolutely killing him on Twitter and on the message board, I thought it was a good thing because he was finally starting to show a little more aggression and toughness. And then, and Willard said the same thing. He said he was happy to see it. And ever since then, that was the turning point when he started playing a lot more aggressive and more confidently. I mean, the way he came out against Zach Eady last week, looking like completely unfazed, like he was just going against some guy as opposed to probably a national player of the year. Right. He's a completely different guy than he was a month ago. So I think you look at him, man, he, he should be a legit frontline star next season. Yeah, you could. It does look like he's making that jump now, and it, it as bad as a reputation as he's had with the refs this year. It does feel like maybe he's starting to work his way through that a little bit. Um, he hasn't been in serious foul trouble. It feels for a couple games here, and you know the the sky's the limit with him if he can just kind of put all these things together. I'm a little worried. I still don't know what they did with his jump shot and his free throw stroke. Like somebody. Yeah. I can't somebody at a press conference has to ask about it at this point. Like some something is just horribly wrong. I mean, the, your home crowd should not be like, you know, Bronx cheering you hitting two free throws in the middle of a conference game in late February. Like something's something's really wrong there. But at this point, you know, I'm I'm very happy with the version of him we've got going into tourney season. Dante Scott, 18 points, five boards, nothing else in there. Turnovers. So there's been speculation he was sick the last couple games. If that's true, and I don't have you heard that, Jeff, then maybe you give him a pass for those kind of couple of games, and maybe he's getting back to uh, a spot where he is a really strong player rather I mean, than. I haven't heard it. That doesn't mean it's not possible. I haven't heard it. I think it's more just, I mean, it's not like it's the first time he's had these stretches before. So you got to get him going, though. Once the postseason gets here, there's no way you're going to win. I shouldn't say no way. It's going to be highly unlikely you're going to win multiple games in a row in any sort of tournament if he's scoring five points, you know, because Hart has these games from time to time. But generally speaking, he's not going to be a big time scorer. Obviously, you know what you have with Young. You don't have anything off the bench. You're not a, scoring wise. You're not a good three point shooting team. So, you know. He, they really need him to round in the form. He looked really good, I thought, uh, in this game. Looking at the chat, there's a, a couple of comments uh, supporting Kerry. So, you know, maybe. maybe well, I mean, look, good. if you want to get dreamy, I mean, you've got a team full of seniors. You've got your best player is, you know, a, an all-American level player. Yeah, certainly all conference first team, I think at this point, if he's not locked in, he's, he's in the, you know, he, it's him or, um, you know, the kid from Penn state probably, Take or, you um, yeah. you've, you know, you've got that, you've got a stud point guard and a stud center. You've got a whole bunch of seniors, a lot of which went through a hellish season last year with no postseason, And, you know, you've got a team that plays good defense and is deep enough, Right. For me, it's just they get an attorney season, they have one of those games where they shoot three for 20 from three, they're done. But any other scenario where they're shooting enough threes to get by, they could be a real dangerous sleeper team in either the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. I mean, you could imagine these guys getting hot 
and putting together two, three, four wins in a row. Like it's not out of the ordinary, even though this roster is not necessarily, you know, position wise, the type of roster you would expect to be able to pull that off. I mean, they've, they've shown they can beat anybody on their day, beat anybody on their day. But when you have the kind of shooting problems they have that pop up from time to time, it's hard to imagine any kind of super deep run, like one of those games, at least that's going to bite them in the butt. And that's the Achilles heel, right? They go three for 20 for three. One of those days they're done, but if they could just shoot, you know, 25, 30, 35%, that might be enough. Just got to hit enough threes to open up that mid range game for Dante and for, for young being able to get into the paint and kind of, kind of cook a little bit. Um, So, you know, like I said, uh, you look at all those seniors and the fact you've got guys with that level of talent who can take over a game by themselves, you could imagine them being, being, you know, picked as a sleeper team. So uh, this year being such kind of a throwaway year for me, which I get crap from, from some of the guys on the board, that's fine. Um, one guy. Yeah, pretty much one guy. <laughs> the exact guy that I'm trolling most of the time anyway, uh, with, with my basketball comments. I don't know. I, it, it it's fun. This is great. I mean, I, I, you know, even the Nebraska loss was kind of shitty to watch, but I mean, they're a hot team. It was on the road, whatever. This is still a season that's gone well over my expectations. They're going to get in the tournament. They're going to be seated in a, you know, probably 10, you know, nine or below unless they lose out, but 19 and nine, 10 and seven, you know, a couple, you know, four wins over ranked teams, I believe. I mean, that's great. Hopefully one more coming this weekend. Yeah, they beat Northwestern on, you know, this weekend. It was Saturday. Split the two road games to the end. You're talking, you know, what, 12 and 8, 21 and 10? Like, who complains about that? Go get your, you know, six or seven or eight seed and give it a shot. We have some comments in the chat. One, Jeff, Jeffrey Jackal in the chat said, Willard said during Purdue postgame, press conference that Scott was ill prior to that game. So, okay. So he may have been ill for those last couple games. Uh, and then two people in a row want us to go over the schedule. So I, I have Ken Palm open. It hasn't updated. I'll share it with you here. Hang on. Got to uh, have them winning. What? I bet it's two or three. Yeah. Well, it, I don't think it's updated yet. So I'm going to share my screen. Can you see the screen? You want me to zoom in a little bit? Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, It hasn't updated this one yet. So they're actually favored in all three of them. Or uh, I guess at Penn State's a a split, but they gave Maryland the win. He'll never just say tie. So even if it's 50-50, he gives the nod. So they're barely favorites. So he has the projection as 21 and 10. Yeah, so two and one. Yeah, so that's the projection, 12 and 8. And then Big Ten Conference, this is prior to this game. This is how he has the projections for the season. So Maryland in a three-way tie for third. And I don't know if he has these tiebreakers done the right way. Maryland went 0-1 against Rutgers, but 1-0 against Indiana. So That probably gets them into the double bye. Probably. I think Indiana lost to Rutgers, didn't they? So then it might be Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. Something like that. I feel like Northwestern's going to slip up. I I know they're hot and they're winning, but 
I just feel like they're going to slip up. Hopefully Maryland can do something about that on Sunday. Well, Northwestern also has to win. They have to play on the road at nine o'clock tomorrow night and then huff it down here. So um, scheduling wise, Maryland gets a nice little break compared to them and you've got them at home and what's going to be, I imagine a pretty good crowd now. Um, So you got to, you got to win that one. I mean, you just, you really got to win that one and you got to split the last two. They, they do that. I'm pretty happy. That almost certainly gets you the double buy. And, and that's just a hell of a regular season for me. I mean, well, I'm, like, I'm hoping that Ohio state is kind of giving up a little, they're having some problems down there with, Oh, Ohio they're a disaster. State. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping that if Maryland can jump on them and they can put that pressure on them and they start making a couple of bad mistakes that could snowball real quick. Right. So you don't want to yeah, give them really hope. Good. That should yeah. be when, as bad as Maryland's been on the road. Uh, that should be, I mean, Nebraska should have been a win too, but you think of Nebraska as being so much worse than Ohio state. They're, they're much better. Ohio state has lost, I think uh, 13 out of 14 or 14 out of the last 15 games. It's like really. 11 in a row or something. Yeah, At one point they were, they were 11 and three and overall and two and zero in the big 10 at one point, they might've even been ranked or on the verge of being ranked. And they're going to finish like one and 15 or whatever it might be. So that should be a win. Penn State, we know, is a house of horrors for Maryland. They lose there seemingly every time. So that one is probably a 50 50 shot, I would say. Uh, you know, they played Maryland tough in College Park, too. But Northwestern, I think, is a win as good as they've been. I mean, Maryland's just basically unbeatable at home this year. Northwestern is on. Short rest, like you mentioned, Paul, and uh, and so it's hard to imagine, you know, out of all these games they've played at home in the Big Ten, they're going to just go ahead and lose on senior day all of a sudden, even against a pretty solid team. And, like, who could have – if they win that, who could have – what odds could you have gotten on Maryland going 10-0 and at home in the Big Ten this year? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they – I just I, I can't like I can't talk about how much fun this season has been in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot of it's a bit of a turgent hangover for for some people, and and I'm a little bit like that. But it it just feels like if there were there couldn't be a much better way of Willard coming in and like just kind of turning the page and saying this is how we're going to play basketball. We're going to play tough defense. We're going to score multiple levels. Um, and I'm just going to take some guys who, you know, have struggled here and a couple extra add-ons and just whip them into shape and turn them into, you know, a six or seven seed and a double buy in the big Ten. I mean, that that's ludicrous. I mean, you take away the Michigan loss and the UCLA loss, and you're talking about just like one of the better seasons in the post Gary era. I mean, maybe a top three or four season in that era. I mean, it's 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 just pretty weird to talk about given where we've come from. Um, and I, I I weirdly don't want to talk about too much because then they'll go lose the next three and, and make me sad. But it, it's it's been a great ride, and I'm I'm really excited to get into tournament time for maybe the first time I can remember um, because it feels like they've got a shot to beat anybody. So it's exciting. I am going to try and – I think Ken Palm is updated, so I'm going to try and refresh it here. 
it's funny the Kempom Kempom number over Minnesota was eighteen, so I'm not sure refreshing is going to do anything when they hit the exact number. Well, they're up to seventeenth now, and they yeah. were before. So, yeah. And uh, if you want me to, I'll share again. It has it updated, so I'll show you guys. Uh, here we go. It has updated. Maryland's up to seventeen now. The percentage chance to win these is still about exactly the same. Northwestern went up a little bit, but that's yeah, just so about the same. It's still about about exactly the same. Yeah. So, and then let's see the Big Ten Conference. Maryland. Well, they had so he probably has it sorted by. It's probably like it could be like twelve point four. You you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's rounded. So that's probably how he has it sorted because Maryland, if you remember, was below Indiana and now is above. So Maryland probably has a slightly higher percentage. Like like I said, 12.4 in Indiana might be 12.1 and Rutgers might be 11.9 or something like that. Yeah, could be. Who knows? Something like that is probably my guess. Um, yeah, Jameer Young is fourth, according to him. I don't know if Torvik updated yet. Let's see what Torvik did. No, he still hasn't updated. So, okay. Well, the result they needed, frustrating in the last two minutes when maybe they could have improved their analytic numbers slightly, but instead they basically ended right on the exact spot where they were supposed to be. But they did what they needed to do. And now Sunday's a big game. You got to win it. And if they win that game, then you start talking about, all right, can are they going to get to this seven? Can they get to a six seed? Right, you're doing that again. So, and that feel, this feels this feels like an important year for that. If if you really want to make a run in a tournament, like you don't have Rick really dominant one seeds, but certainly there's between the one the guys you know the Purdue's and the Alabama's and the Houston's and some of the the ones that'll be on the two and three line seems pretty big. So if you can work your way up to a, you know, to a six or a seven, like, you know, you face a two or three seed in the second round, like that, that's probably a pretty winnable game yeah. this year. Of course, you get to six and you feel great. I think they, so if they win, let's say between these next three games and the big 10 tournament over under is probably three and a half, maybe. Three, I don't know, two and a, probably three and a half. If they say. get the double by, it, it almost hurts you because you play a better team in your first sure, game. It's one but... less win, although that one win you would be getting wouldn't be that great of a win. But right. Um, it, so if they do that, if they get to, if they win, say, four games between these next three and the Big Ten tournament, that's got to put them in position to be potentially a six seed. I don't know. I'm no Patrick Stevens. I would have to ask him for that scenario, but well, the, the, the problem that I see there is whether they're going to be the term that get the team that gets made an example of for their road record. Cause it does feel like there's at least one team every year in the NCAA tournament that will get like a garbage seed because they have like one really bad thing against them, whether it's a road record or it's like not having beat a really quality team or, or something along those lines. The two and seven on the road just in conferences isn't good enough. Um, so honestly, weirdly, losing losing the Northwestern and winning the two road games might be better for their roster than you know beating Northwestern and, and splitting the road games. 
just because of the way that they've been. But I, I don't know at this point, you just, yeah. I don't think there's really appreciable differences between those teams that are going to be on the six to eight lines. So you just kind of hope the committee and the, and maybe the, the Ken Pommy type numbers work in your favor, but you know, the road record is the only thing I worry about holding them back. Well, this is why I was saying the analytics matter. They're, they're a tiebreaker for sure. Well, they matter if they matter, right? I mean, you never know what that committee is going to decide to focus on and what's going to be their hangups. Like, and Maryland has monster wins. They have Purdue, Miami, Illinois, Indiana. Those are really good wins. A lot of those other teams in that range don't have stuff like that. That's true. And no real bad losses. I mean, they have bad losses in terms of losing by a fuck ton of but points. No, to bad but teams. Like, to, they don't have losses to bad teams. Like, I don't oh. think they have any quad or Q4 or no. three. I don't think any three. Yeah. Nebraska's, Nebraska's got to be their worst loss, right? Or who am I forgetting? One of those road games. Uh, it's got to be Nebraska, I think. Yeah, it must be. And Nebraska, you know, they've won five of their last six or something stupid. So they're, they might not even show up as bad as they were. Yeah. A month ago. One thing that's really in Maryland's favor is that looks like Alabama's going to get kicked out of the tournament. So if that happens, yeah. everybody moves up a spot. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. <laughs> and then the two and three seeds will be like one slot easier. So yeah. if you're a six or seven, you got a little bit of shot. I don't know about all that, but not that it wouldn't be deserved. But that's a whole nother when, that's still when, another thing. When Maryland got the death penalty. Obviously it was because of what happened with Len bias, but what they cited was lack of institutional control. And it was things like Bob Wade giving rides and giving sneakers to players, right? Like that's what it was cited. Lack of institutional control. And they gave Maryland a two year postseason ban, but it didn't count for the year they were already in. Mm-hmm. So when they, and they were a tournament level team, and they didn't select them for the tournament, even though they deserved it. So it effectively became a three-year ban for what Maryland did. This stuff with Alabama is way worse. Yeah, but you know the difference between Maryland and every other school who gets in trouble for this shit? Maryland cooperated. And what did it get them? Yeah. Everybody else fights it. They fight it. And then you, once you fight it and you figure out the NCAA has no teeth whatsoever – And then you can bring in all of your big guns, all your money and your lawyers and your guns and your politicians and everything else. And what do you know? The NCAA backs off and runs away. So find, you know, find me a case where someone has screwed that up as bad as Maryland has. There's a reason there hasn't been a death penalty since. Right. Well, there was SMU. They did it to before that. Yeah, but not, was, not since. Maryland's yeah. the worst punishment since that happened. The closest thing I'd say is Penn State. They had they Yeah, lost, and what happened there? They lost tons they of scholarships, but they were allowed they to They lost a few post- scholarships. They went They're, to the postseason. They didn't even have to pay their damn fine because their politicians got involved, and the NCAA backed off. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to take this on that tangent, but Maryland did the exact wrong thing as usual, and it, they paid for it. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe history is different and you don't get Gary Williams if they don't. You, you, you want know, to try to try to give people the benefit of the doubt when they're in bad situations, but that does not look good. No, it's bad. It's way bad. It's bad. He's a scumbag. He's been known as a I'm, scumbag for years. The coach, but also I, the player. I, I, oh, like, well, yeah, of course. But, but 
you know, the way he came out and tried to downplay it. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember we, we had some offline discussions during the coaching search about how Oates was a bit of a yeah behind the scenes, terrible human being, um, which is disappointing, but man, he is, he is, uh, he's really shown his ass in the past week over this. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to try and protect your kids. You're going to try and protect your program. And unfortunately for him, stuff <sighs> came out that. <laughs> I'm not sure it's so unfortunate to me. It seems like the whole. I said, unfortunately for yeah. him. Seems like the whole attitude down there is like, well, you know, yeah, there's a dead lady and our kids were involved, but roll time. <laughs> well, <laughs> this yeah. is always the thing. Whenever, no matter what team it happens to or what fan base it happens to, the fan base is going to try and cling to any positive uh, uh, things that they can to try and look at it in the most positive light possible. Right. That's I don't know, human man. nature. I'll give, that's I'll, pretty, I'll, yeah, I'll give there varying degrees and those degrees go up much higher at the farther South you go. <laughs> or the far, far, I don't farther, know. Farther away from, uh, from, from coastal waters you go. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you remember what happened to Penn state? That's North of here, right? They clung to everything they could further away of coast from coastal water though. Um, I would say, uh, 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 what was I going to say? Oh, man, I had a good point, and then you brought up Penn State, and it broke me. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's bad. It's very bad, um, and they're bad, and anyway, they're bad people. I was just making a joke that Maryland's going to jump up a spot, but and then we went on the, went on the tangent. Right. They're probably not going to jump up a spot, unfortunately. They're going to get that money. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll get to play Alabama without Miles. Well, definitely not playing with 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 Miles. It's Brandon Miller's the the oh, issue. I'm there. sorry. Uh, yes, Miller. <laughs> My, Miles in the in the local penitentiary, I, I believe. I don't sorry, know. I meant I meant I meant Miller. Yeah. Say California Penal League. That's one of my favorite references. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy thing is, his mom is a DC cop, which is it's hard to imagine that happening, but. Uh, their season's going to unravel one way or another, regardless of whether something happens officially, you can't keep a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year old kids on the same page under that kind of relentless microscope day after day going to the NCAA tournament. That's all anyone's going to be talking about. Some of the kids' families are probably, half of them will probably be making plans to enter the transfer portal and get the hell out of there. So I'll be shocked if they don't fall apart. Uh, you could just imagine though, the like, Oh, the whole world's against us. You know, we're just a bunch of underdogs, a bunch of five-star kids making a couple million dollars a year. Oh, I mean, man. if you're Alabama, their basketball program's never been anything, right? So, and then they put money into the program. You could do it again. You can get rid of Oats, and it's going to take you a few years, but you can go pay a ridiculous amount of money for another coach again and start paying NIL again, and you'll be right back. Or so, you can just choose to not give a shit because you're Alabama and you don't give a shit. Like who's going to force you to get rid of Nate Oates right now. Right. That's true. I mean, I mean, yeah. if you're just being practical, I mean, this is the problem with the sec model of what you're doing here, where it's just like, we don't give a shit. We don't give a shit about the NCAA. We don't give a shit about Congress. We don't give a shit about, 
you know, rules. We just got money and we're shooting it with a bazooka every which way we need to, to have a successful basketball program. And what's anybody, anybody going to do about it? I mean, that's the reality you're dealing with here. And, you know, good for them. They're doing, you know, like I said, they're doing what they can get away with, but it's got to be, it's got to be pretty hard to, to root for that kind of program. Oh, I was going to, I remember what I was going to say. Um, to our credit, I believe, and to Maryland's fans' credit, when this DJ Durkin stuff happened and, and we lost McNair, a lot of people were ready for him to bolt and they were ready to get rid of Wally and they were ready to get rid of everybody. It was kind of the exact opposite of what you're seeing right now in Alabama. So that's you know, what I, I mean by varying extents. You're always going to get that Homer excuse making factor that's yeah. just like if it's, yeah. you, it's you're easier to do something wrong, you're going to make it, you're going to think your kid, you know, um, your kid could do the worst thing and you're going to make excuses and whatever else, but it's, it's not as bad in some places it is it's at others. It's also easier to do that when the football program is shitty to say, get rid of everybody. That's when, true. No, that's when, like when, uh, yes, there are differences, but like if DJ Durkin had been killing it and they were winning a lot of games and going to bowl games and recruiting like crazy, he might not have been fired. That's absolutely fair. So, um, although again, I will say again, um, when that airsoft gun thing happened on campus with Lorenzo Harrison and uh, yeah, killed my bet, man. Yeah, killed your bet. And who was who? Otherwise, believe- you were, otherwise, you were in the money. On I was gonna win it. That, yeah, that right. ruined everything. But you know, <laughs> hey, I was I'm the Dematha guy on this on this program, and there were two Dematha kids out there who did some really bad shit, and I was the one saying. Dump them, get rid of them, and they were both good players. Uh see, I don't like the rush to dump them. Get no, rid. There of was people. there was no rush. I mean, like you go around campus pretending that you're shooting people with a gun that you know. Yeah, it's yeah. not a gun gun, but it airsoft bullets hurt. Yeah, like yeah. fuck you, get out. So I mean, I, I do feel that's like there bad. are some. I mean, again, you know, yeah, that's not just kids screwing off. That's kids scaring the crap out of somebody on a dark campus where. Yeah, you don't want that on your We've had gun incidents before. So, like, not cool in a lot of ways. And I was ready to dump them. So, I I feel like there are some some levels to this stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, it's some places, as they like to say in the SEC, it's just different. That was the only thing keeping Lorenzo Harrison from a Herschel Walker-like college career obviously yep yeah well on his way to 5,000 career rushing yards or at least 4,200 just enough to <laughs> is that the number i don't know what the number was it's like 4179 did i pull it you know what maybe there's a new bet to be had Can someone in the chat room look it up for me how many rushing yards did lamont jordan have i'm for some reason 4179 is in my head so let's see how close i am on that something like that if someone in the good chat room could tell us we had and for background, I made a bet with Paul when Lorenzo Harrison was a freshman that he was going to break Lamont Jordan's all-time rushing record. That's what this is, in case you guys don't know that. But and I lost, obviously. I made the bet knowing I was going to lose. I like I, I've always made the joke that there were three potential outcomes. One, I could win the bet, which would be great. Two, Jeff could die. And IMS would go away, <laughs> in which case no one would win. Or three, I'd lose I the could bet, win the bet. And then I would bring and you get a bottle of whiskey. 
and, and we would take it, doing it at a tailgate. Like, what's the worst thing? I bring scotch to a tailgate. It's so, a bit like, of a win-win-win, yeah. Yeah, like, so I didn't care, and it was good for the show and kind of fun, especially in his freshman year when he had more yards than Lamont Jordan did, Yeah. right? So it was like, okay, this could actually maybe, you know, we're, you know, and I had the tracker, like how many yards per game he needed and all that stuff. Yes, of course, Larry yeah. Larry made a spreadsheet for this. Yeah. Oh, well, it just reminded me. Last time we were on the show, I showed you my weight loss spreadsheet, and I was down six pounds. Yeah. I'm down 12 now. All right. Oh, nice job. Going slow, not going as fast as I hoped, but down 12. So Yeah, if you do it fast, you're just going to crash and burn. Yeah, we'll see. I was hoping uh, my goal was 62 pounds in, in six months. And I'm not. That's that. aggressive. Yeah, yeah. it's aggressive. <laughs> now I'm more, more like six, six to seven. So like, you know, we'll see. I just got to keep going. As long as I keep going. Got to hustle. Yes. Anyway. Um, I spoke to Ben Page the other day. And we were talking about. September 2nd, which is opening day for football. And we're talking about doing a season kickoff live show at, a, at the old line tailgate. You guys up for that? Um, perhaps. I have yeah. to look at the date and everything. I just told you the date. It's September 2nd. It's Labor Day, yeah. Labor Day Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Yeah, if the uh, if the if the game time, oh. well, that looks like a I no just, for Larry. No, no, no. I, I said forty one ninety seven for Lamont Jordan. K dot looked it up for me. It's forty one forty seven. That's way off. <laughs> that's close though. Terrible. I got three of the four numbers right. I was off by fifty yards. I uh, see. So you know what? The problem is that first game's Towson, and I worry they're going to dump us with a noon start for that. Oh. Yeah, I tell you what, though, that September sixteenth against Virginia could be could be juicy. That could be, yeah. So we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, we got to see if we get some TV times early enough to pull it off. But um, but yeah, going back and doing another live show with this time, we will do it in lot one at Ben Page's tailgate. Um, so a lot more people should be able to get over there. Um, the old line tailgate for people who don't know Ben. Yeah, and it's it's a great setup, and it's it's a. You know, it's the type of thing where like you could you could sign up on their website like the day before and they cater everything and take care of you. So like you don't have to have an existing tailgate. You could just go sign up with them, hook up, do their thing, come Good see the show, food. hang out, everything. Yeah. Lots of drinks. And Freaking not awesome. only that, he takes every dollar that he makes over, he keeps none of it. Every dollar goes to buying tickets for disadvantaged youth and stuff like that to get youth kids into the stadium yeah they're filling the stadium with your money so like for a good cause too like he's an awesome awesome guy i always say like you know they need a thousand more of him and we have no problems getting attendance in maryland yeah real schools have have a thousand ben pages we have one so you get a (laughs) hundred you got a hundred of him in maryland that would make an enormous dent if we're being honest yeah yeah, I mean, and it, this again, I'm a guy who's well known for a, a huge setup with with tailgates and Ben's setup uh, blows my mind every time I see it. So the amount of work his life is dedicated to it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to 
you got to want it, man. And that, that dude wants it. And, uh, and if we can show up and have some fun and, you know, get a little rowdy over there pregame and do a show like that's, you know, just icing on the cake for yes. us. For everybody listening, that's old line tailgate. Look that up. Look that up. Old line tailgate. It's awesome. Yes. Couple of comments in the chat. One of them, Matthew Owens said, you look younger with no stash. And I think, my initial instinct, I thought he meant me because I shaved my whole beard. And a, but also, I noticed, Paul, you normally have a thicker goat as well. Yeah. So it could be you. I'm just in between, but I'm pretty sure he's talking about you because you definitely look so. younger without uh, the whole thing going on there. Yeah. But uh, my, That's a problem for both of us, though, because we're both going white-haired. Like, yeah. like gray is one thing, but like yeah. when you start going white, like it, it fucks you up a little bit. Um, and that bothers me. The gray, I'm fine with. The white pisses yeah. me off. Um, so, you know, that's, that's our, that's our burden to bear. Right, or the white is better than the thinning. You can do something about True. white. Although, I mean, there's, I'm never doing that. I'm never dying. When I go gray, I go gray and that's, that's it. I don't care. Yeah. No, you on the left. Is that, I think that's you on the left. No, that's, that's you on YouTube. You're on the left. I'm stage oh. left. Oh, okay. You're talking about me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeff, okay. Jeff, I love I love well, the text the 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 font that your name is in, buddy. Max Headroom is in the building. <laughs> it's, it's better. It's better. You can leave it on. No, it lasts about five seconds, and then it starts doing. Oh, the there it goes. It's glitchy again. <laughs> all right, it's we got so We got to get. We got to get. So a, funny. All right, we we need everybody to get like like fifty new subscribers for the Jeff Ehrman uh, new laptop fund. Because I, this has never happened. This has never happened before. I'm afraid there's a ghost like sitting on my lap right now or something. Uh, he's he must have been working that shit hard, man. His football coaching searches and whatnot. I, I this doesn't look good because it's an internal laptop. I was gonna say reboot, maybe it'll fix it, but yeah, it's time for a new one, anyways. I probably should yeah. like pull it. This this might be the fun the, the move. Business yeah. right off. Yeah, my problem is I have so many freaking photos saved on a laptop after a few years like you're talking about every every article i do i have that photo from that article saved on my laptop so bro have you heard it you've heard of it you've heard of an external hard drive before <laughs> or dropbox yeah they're all saved on the site so i really don't need them but after it just gets unwieldy and i uh i'm not organized is what it comes down to <laughs> jeff see this buy one of these yeah, we I mean, got We get, yeah. We got to come visit and set up my whole my whole deal, and because uh, I, I don't have enough capacity. Well, to, maybe to, if they lose out, we will be able to come see you in Dayton. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I was actually, you know, I was kind of in a way hoping that would go down, but now obviously that's very far out of the equation. Oh, we don't want that to go down. No. Well, uh, it's probably out of the realm. Of, you know. No possibility not, at this point but it's not happening but about a month ago it looked like a, they were actually being projected to be in could the have been for about a week or two yeah yeah so matthew owen did confirm that it's me that looks younger thank you matthew <laughs> thank you it only looks younger because you're actually like 62 you know exactly. now you just look like 50 now, or so i just i turned 50 a month ago <laughs> i'm being a dick i'm sorry i know it's okay i turned 50 a month ago that's part of why i wanted to do this it's not just weight loss. It's like health. I have this, there's this mantra I've been going on over in my head and I keep saying it over and over again that there are no old fat people. So hmm. 
I don't know where you live, buddy. Except there, for Donald <laughs> there are not many old fat people. You, uh, right? Because invariably weight causes so many health issues in so many different ways. And you get caught up with stuff and, you know, I turned 50. I want my last two, three decades to be as healthy as possible. And I want to get two, three decades. I don't want to have heart attacks and that kind of stuff. And I'm at the age that we're going to start worrying about that. So I'm trying. trying. Oh, did you say you turned 50? So you need to get the, uh, the old butt scan soon, right? Yeah, it's been, it's, <laughs> it, it has you been scheduled. Uh, not scheduled, but the doctor told me to schedule it. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah. Have you seen the John Mulaney skit about the colonoscopy? Mm-mm. I highly recommend every one of you, as soon as this is over, go to YouTube or whatever site you want to use. Uh, uh, Hulu might have it or whatever, any of those sites, but definitely probably YouTube, I would guess, has it. John Mulaney colonoscopy comedy routine is one of the funniest things. You will be crying, pissing your pants. Oh, I believe it. It, it is so good. It's just so funny because I, so I, it, I have like two groups of friends, like either all the guys that are like my age. Cause we were all in school together and stuff. And then like a whole bunch of people that are randomly like exactly seven years older than I am. Yeah. And they're all turning 50 like this year. And, you know, Sending pictures of them in like a hospital gown, you know, with like the, <laughs> like the morphine button and shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Funny comment in the chat. Terp Terp wrote, this is Larry's proctologist and you're listening to IMS Radio. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's definitely happening. We that need that so done. That we so need good. that. We absolutely need to get the bumper from Larry's butt doctor. I will do it. However. Oh, I know you will. However, it takes... The scheduling for that, for some reason, takes a very long time. There's a lot of dudes out there who need to get the old, <laughs> yeah. get the old cleanse, you know. Yeah, I that'd be freaking hilarious if I get the. <laughs> we could do a live show from Larry's. From Larry's yeah, there you go. Oh god, <laughs> that is so funny. Can we tailgate in the parking lot at like that the is, hospital? Like, <laughs> that's one of the funniest comments I think we've had in chat, like maybe that's, ever. That's well played, Terp Terp. Yes, that is very good. Whoever hey, by the are. way, we got we got uh looks like 42-ish people watching right now. Please do us a favor and subscribe while you're here. God, we're tantalizingly close to a thousand. Like uh, 758 right now. Come on, man. We're three quarters away there. That's not tantalizingly close. We're like 990. That yeah, would, but I mean that, that I that I would just forge. I just make a fuck ton of YouTube accounts and, and well, you can do it. You can go to sites yeah. and pay, and they'll like give you bots up to a thousand. Yeah. And then we can become monetized. I'd However, rather not have to do it that way. I want, I want, I want the people to do it for us. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. But however, we'll have to change the intro because every one of our videos will be demonetized because we're using a, a song that we're not allowed to use. That sounds uh, like a, that sounds like a Larry problem to me. I have an idea <laughs> that would be, the most insane intro ever if I could pull it off, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it. At All that. right. Throw it out there. I like it. Come on guys. You want to hear Larry's Larry's work. <laughs> Thank you. Zackle. Yeah. I'll go sub them. Yeah. Love it. Zackle. Yeah. Sub How many accounts, accounts you got? Subscribe to everybody all of who's got multiple accounts. Go to your other accounts. It costs you nothing. We're not, we don't charge for this podcast. We never will charge for this podcast. Just if we're able to monetize a little bit, we might be able to buy Jeff like a no. friggin' webcam or something. Well, listen, <laughs> listen, years ago, 
if you remember in our second or third year, when we started really blowing up and getting to the point where we were having thousands of people, every episode, everything like that, I did suggest the idea of having two different podcasts, the, the regular one, and then a premium podcast that people you pay on like a Patreon or something like that, or whatever you, and then you get a link to a private. Yep. Show. Yeah, I, I subscribe to a couple of those. Yeah. A lot of people do that. So that is a possibility. And it oh, only we, fans doesn't count. If we did that though, Jeff would have, those are the kind of pocket Jeff would have to be dropping like insider info and that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, or we could do our own only fans and that would, that would change the content a little bit, but um, you know, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do. Yeah. So Seftical guessed that it was an original Larry composition and you're on something there, <laughs> but it's more than just that. It's not, I, I, just trust me. If I can pull this off, I got, I got, you know. Well, here, here's the thing too. Like people complain that we don't like, you know, we don't do a podcast every week or whatever, depending because, you know, we've got real lives and things going on, kids and craziness. So like if we're getting paid for this by YouTube, be able to do advertisement, we're going to be more incentivized to do the pod. You know what I mean? When I can yeah. t- when I can tell the wife like, hey, you know, yeah, I really could take my son over to this thing tonight, but I got to go get paid. All right. They said, You're giving me an excuse is all I'm saying. We got we got a question in the chat. Who is your favorite Terp basketball player? So what we're going to do is a top three, all three of us. And that's going to be – I don't have a game-ending segment for us, so okay. that can be our game-ending segment. So, Jeff, you're not allowed to be a fan, but take off your publisher, journalist hat, impartial hat right now. And give us your, t- we know Steve Francis is number one because he's your boy. <laughs> but who are your top three favorite Terps of all time? I mean, I don't know how you don't, if you're somebody our, in our age group, how you don't say Juan Dixon. That's just no explanation necessary. Um, wow, I wasn't expecting to answer this one. Uh, Joe Smith was amazing, came around right at the time where I was kind of coming of age, you know, right in those early teen years. That's when Maryland really started to become kind of magical to watch. So he's probably number two. And number three, well, um, Vasquez. I mean, Vasquez was incredible to watch. Didn't get the – never got the postseason success he should have gotten. Uh, But, you know, he's he's probably number three just off off the top. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, though. Paul? Yeah, I mean, it's like like – Jeff said, you, you know, you can't be my age and not have Juan Dixon on there. Um, he's the goat. He probably always will be uh, unless they go and win another one of those things. And even then it'd be hard to, hard to believe somebody surpass him. Um, second for me uh, would be Lonnie Baxter. I always loved that he was, again, if you walked on campus next to Lonnie, like, especially at the time, I mean, he was just like, a square with legs and arms sticking out. I mean, he was just, a. Ma- I mean, he blocked the sun out and he was just this massive guy, but he was only like six, five or six, six. Like he was not, you know, I'm six, two, six, three. And he was like taller than me, but not that, that much, much taller than me. Um, and just the way that he sealed off players and he was just so fundamentally sound around the basket. Like he was just such a joy to watch play basketball. Um, third, it's tougher. Um, 
you know, Vasquez is in there. I would say bias, but I, I, you know, I was a tiny little kid and I really, I really didn't watch that much. So I didn't really experience Len in the way that the guys that are older did. Um, so yeah, the last one, it's probably, it's probably gotta be Stevie franchise for me. It's either French franchise or Vasquez and Vasquez, Vasquez was a bit of a pain at time until he really put it all together, like second half his junior year and his senior year. Um, and Steve wasn't here long, but he was just, he was just incredible. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible and things he could do. Nobody else could do. So I'll, I'll take my, take my late nineties bias and, uh, and leave it at that. And not your eighties bias. Nope. Not the eighties bias, not the eighties bias. That's for you old people. Okay. Number one for me is Walt. And I'm like, we went to school. I, we, we were both class of 95. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we weren't. I was a freshman when I went in and he was a senior when I was a freshman. And I remember just being like, damn, that's Walt fucking Williams. <laughs> and if you, anybody who lived through that era, when the death penalty came, it was, and you cared about the team, like to the level we care about it. It was devastation. And it was like, like we talked about earlier in the show, not only was it two year postseason ban, it was the next two years. It didn't even count the current year. It effectively became a three year ban. And it's just like, there's no hope three years. My God, like, and Walt stayed. And that to me, like, is worth so much like and he was the beacon he was the he is the reason those the johnny Dwayne x-ray mario lucas class came and then joe and keith came the next year because of what williams he didn't do that gary doesn't go on his run like none of that happens so to me it's walt and then it's probably joe smith because it's kind of tied into the same thing when it was just so dark around the team and there was a little bit of hope when you had Johnny Dwayne and X come in as freshmen that next year when Joe and Keith came in and he came in and they beat Georgetown. And as a freshman, he's like almost the best player in the country as a freshman. He certainly was a sophomore year. It was the most amazing thing ever. And so I had Joe holds a, a, a special spot for me because of that too. And third is probably, I was thinking about Steve Blake, but for me, I just remember as a kid, the first time I started going to games and the best player on the team at the time was Albert King. And I remember just absolutely loving Albert King as a kid. And so I'm going to put him as my number three because he was like my Cal Ripken, you know, like. Yeah. And that's, just, I was going to say, that's the beauty of, of favorite, right? Because it yeah. could be, I mean, you're not have to be the best player. Yeah. But like, you know, who's your favorite? Like for me, I, I was going to bring up as a, as a, um, uh, kind of honorary mention, you know, Dwayne Simpkins for me, cause he was a DeMatha guy. Yeah. And, and that was, the, you know, I was 12 or 13, I guess when he showed up and that was like when I really started to watch Maryland basketball because Dwayne played on that DeMatha team that went undefeated. Uh, my dad was a DeMatha guy. So I was kind of into that a little bit. And then I was, you know, thinking about when I was going to high school and I was going to go there and Dwayne going to Maryland, even though he wasn't the best player, like he just, you know, he was just a fun guy to watch and he really ran the offense well. And and once they got the two big guys in that next class, man, they really started to cook. 
So he was he was always a guy for me who was you know a bit unsung at the time. Um, Matt Owen says in the in the in the chat room uh, that Dwayne actually hit that layup to beat Georgetown, which is correct. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was just a guy that I paid a lot of attention to at first. It really kind of when I became an actual Maryland basketball fan and not just kind of like, oh, that's the local team. That's cool. And he's a friend of the show. Been on he time. is. He is. So yeah. Great question, Matt Owen. That was awesome. And we got a bunch of comments in the chat, some that are very surprising to me. Matthew, the one who gave the question, said his favorites are Len Bias and Walt. Okay. But then the third one was Gerard Mustaf. Very surprising. Okay. All right. And then uh yeah gb a comment lb that, that's baxter zackle says jameer young after leads us back to leads us to back to back natties okay um Seftical says juan steven steve so that's got to be blake and francis uh, we got a vince broadnecks <laughs> mentioned <laughs> yeah they're mitch, just fucking around now yeah mitch Kasoff. yeah okay Hey, uh, I just met one of the. We learned that Vince Broadnax listens to the show. <laughs> That's right, friend of the show, uh, Vince Broadnax. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, I just wanted to note, like uh, I just saw the, on the screen for the Iowa, Michigan, or Wisconsin game that's playing right now. There are seven teams in the Big Ten right now who are either ten and seven or nine and seven in conference. Like that is just a wild log jam, and hopefully. You know, if Northwestern ends up getting beat tomorrow and we beat them on Sunday, that would bump them down to that same kind of realm. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who gets that double buy, and, and it certainly feels good having Maryland back up in this thing. But they, you know, they could they could maybe go one and two here and still finish like eighth or something stupid. Oh, so and remember what I said earlier about Alabama, how they're doomed to fall apart. Yeah, look now, but they're down four at the half against a and. If you're listening in the morning, sorry about this, but <laughs> a horrific South Carolina team right now. So, well, there you go. All right, that was a good segment, and thank you, Matthew Owen, for that question. That was really good. Well, that was our post game show. Pretty good. They Maryland did what they had to do. Three games left. I'm kind of thinking. When it gets to Big Ten tournament time, I wouldn't mind doing a post-game show after every game they win. That'd be kind of fun because I think everyone will be super psyched. and We get tons of people coming in to watch post-games after every single one of the Big Ten tournament games and NCAA tournament. Yeah, we'll that have to be a lot of fun. Jeff will, Jeff will, Jeff will be pissed, so we'll have to find a we'll have to find Colby. somebody. To- Obi, we can try to get see if Wald will call in. He's done that for us multiple times on yeah. post game shows. Well, it will give Jeff like exactly like seventeen minutes to write his three articles post game, and then we'll Good, expect um, him on. Get, ta- get Taj, <laughs> get Taj, Taj. Yeah, maybe we, no, maybe, maybe we could line up some line up some uh, some pinch hitters to come in and, and help us with that. So let, let's work on that. We'll workshop this. Yeah. All right, guys, do us a favor and subscribe. And if you have multiple accounts, go into those and subscribe for us. Have your kids subscribe. They're online anyway. Have everyone subscribe to us. That would be amazing. And we'll see. Hopefully, it seems like we had a couple of times. We haven't done a show in about a month. There were a couple of times we were planning to kind of do a show, and then they lost. And it was like, 
like now what there's not going to be anybody show up yeah the timing hasn't been great and we've had <laughs> there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the, in the home front recently so we'll we'll try and be better towards the end here i promise what, what day of the week is ohio state next week oh i don't know man. I mean, look yet. hang on oh, i've got kim pum open it's uh march wednesday march 1st so maybe Hopefully they'll beat Northwestern. Maybe we can do a do a Monday or something. We'll definitely do something next week. I yeah. think once we once we get, yeah, probably once we get through that that Ohio State game, maybe we'll do post game or Thursday or something uh, leading into that last game. But yeah. uh, selection Sunday might be fun as well. We've done that before, and you've gotten Patrick Stevens. Yeah, I'm a I'm a hit up Patrick and see if we can we can get him back on because that's always a good time. Yeah, and, you know, nobody, hope, hopefully Mary nobody knows. playing that day too. Yeah, well, no, nobody knows the tournament bracket better than Patrick anyway, so. Yeah. All right, well, thank you guys in the chat room. You guys are really great today, really interactive. We love when that happens. Yeah, we will actually answer you if you, like, ask us things. So yeah. please don't be, don't be bashful. Yeah. And I think that's it for now. So we'll see you guys next week. This is IMS Radio.